I'm Nicole. And I'm Ben. And you are listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. And just like that, we're here. We're here. And uh, Ben's voice might be a little bit raspy. <coughs> um, we uh, were struck. We were struck by lightning. Called COVID. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you so far. Yeah. I, I tested positive for COVID today. So that sucks. That super sucks. It was like my life goal not to get the shit. Uh, yeah. This entire pandemic, you and I both made it without getting COVID so far until I had to go on a work trip down to Vancouver and um, I come home I with might, the corona. I might still be safe, though. You I'm, might be. I'm crossing my fingers. You may be. Um, I, I just kind of feel like I have a cold. So a little bit coffee, yeah. kind of raspy sounding, a little tired. Very but, tired, I'd say. Yeah, fair enough. But other than that, like I, I'm not any sort of crazy fever or nothing like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it just seems like a, a cold. Yeah, me. which is really good. Yeah. Half so. of our house is sick. You and Ripley. Ripley has an ear infection. Ripley has a nasty ear infection. Yeah. So, um, so that's our house. It's pretty exciting. Aren't it's you? basically a containment unit right now. <laughs> In a tiny home. <laughs> yep. So the rest of us are doomed. <laughs> yes. 100%. You are doomed. Yeah. You're going to get sick. You fucked. Wow. Mm. I'm trying the whole positive thinking thing that... Uh, Knock on wood. Doesn't usually work for me, but I'm trying it. Well, keep those hopes up. I'm sure I'm, I'm rooting it. for you. I'm rooting for you, Mika, and Kiwi. Well, every time you were breathing in my face last night, I was like, can you turn over? Don't breathe in my face. <laughs> Don't breathe in my face. <laughs> Maybe Ripley and I will take our sick asses and just curl up on the couch together. Yeah. Cuddle all night. You would love that. If, okay, that dog does she's, some amazing cuddles. She's a very good snuggler. She snuggles like a motherfucker. <laughs> and okay. you can quote me on that. She does. Yeah. We'll have to pose a photo. Um, and then we also have like a ton of patrons to thank. We do. Like, holy moly, I'm so shocked and so happy. Um... And with my terrible cold voice, I am going to try to not mispronounce any of your names. But again, it's going to happen and we are so sorry. But still, we love you all just the same. Pronounce the first one wrong. Pronounce the first one wrong? I'm <laughs> just kidding. Lititil Puchai. There, I pronounced, it, I pronounced the first one wrong. Very wrong. What did you say even? Lititil was... Puchai. I was just kidding. Like you wouldn't be able to, you know how to say that. Yeah. Um, the first one, your name is little Poochie. Um, <laughs> if that is your legal name, that is amazing. I'm going to assume it's not. Um, but little Poochie, thank you very much for signing up for Patreon. We appreciate it. We also have sky red, red with two D's dope. Love that. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Donella Gerardo. Okay. I love that first name. Donella. Like that's really dope. Holy. It's like, it's like a feminine version of Donatello. Not saying like you have to be feminine to have that name, but mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. French and it yeah, has like, like a, feminine I think masculine. it's just like a beautiful name. Yeah, I agree. hundred uh, percent. We also have a Connie Anderson. We have Mandy Matson. We have Amber Bagley, William Warden. That name right there just screams authority. Warden. <laughs> it's like motherfucker. <laughs> William Warden is in the house. <laughs> it does, actually. That it really funny. does. It's like, when you hear that name, you better fucking buckle up, bud. Like, seriously, <laughs> get your bootstraps in line here. Uh, we also have Lanely Landeros. 
and Josie Christine. I really hope I said you guys' names right. We seriously appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for signing up for Patreon. Yeah, thank you. Like when I looked to see how many names you had, I was blown away. That is so incredible. Yeah, and I think we're up to a total of what what do we have on Patreon so far? I think I it said 120. Yeah, we have 120 amazing, amazing people supporting us over on Patreon. So thank you very much. If you want to join over on the group, the amazing group there of those awesome people, link for Patreon is just down in the description of this podcast. The, the show notes, you can find it there. There you go. We appreciate you all. Thank you so much. What else do we got to drop bombs on today? We got some merch coming Yeah, in. you posted on Insta, didn't you? I did. The new, well, one of the new designs? Well, Insta and Facebook because they're linked, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, but I did up a design today uh, because we realized like, you know, our merch is, we love some of the stuff we have for merch, but we have like a lot of black and white, just mm-hmm. kind of stagnant Which stuff. Not st- is fitting. Oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Love it. But we just want that variety, that spice of life for you all out there. So we're going to be launching... Three new designs here, uh, probably by next week, because I'm sick with COVID and I can sit at home and maybe get some designs done up. You have some extra time on your hands? Exactly. So we're going to do some color designs. Dropped one today. It's a skeleton. It's all like 90s colors and shit. That's very cool. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. So go check it out and you can check out the rest of the merch to follow. We'll post them all on our social medias. And of course, you can go buy a dope t-shirt or something or a sticker. Slap it on somewhere and tell people, hey, listen to this dope podcast. I love the 90s colors. Same. Like they're just so, actually 90s everything is just so fun. 90s. what happened? (laughs) That's true. I think that was right where we started like the seatbelt era sort of thing, (laughs) as I would like to say it. Like where everyone Mm. needs to like the safetiness, you know? Because like, would we be considered 90s kids? Oh, yeah. Or do you have to be born in the 90s? No, we're. Because we were born in the 80s and then we grew up in the 90s. So yeah. That, yeah. We were born in 1988. So we, we, were, we were definitely 90s kids. How yeah. old were you in the 90s? A kid. I was growing up, like there I said. But I didn't know if you had to be considered born in that. I don't think so. But we so. could never be considered 80s kids because that, like, I have no idea what happened in the 80s. Yeah. We were at oldest two yeah. in the 80s. So we were, we were definitely 90s babies, 90s kids, whatever you want to say. Well, like, I guess not. I just think yeah. the 90s were where, it's at, where it was at. Like so fun. I had so much awesome stuff like moon shoes. Hello. Oh yeah. my goodness. You might snap your ankle, but you're also going to be jumping super fucking high and you're going to look <laughs> dope as fuck doing it. Oh, and I just even remember like all your the cassettes that you had, right? Like you were listening to tapes and stuff. Oh, they were just man. like so brightly colored and so cool. And just, I don't know. Everything was wicked. I never had bright colored cassettes. I had like, like the pack of blank cassettes my parents would buy. And then I just record songs up the radio. I would go to like the call in request line, request my favorite song and sit there and wait. And as soon as it started playing, hit record and record my song. Oh, man, you were le- legit. Hey, I was legit. I'm trying to look up that one. Um, It was a oh, Lisa Frank. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Lisa, but you, Frank. Lisa Frank. It was like stationary. That was just like so brightly colored. Do you oh, recognize God. that? No, oh, I do I, not. I lived for that shit. That's basically sums me up as a 90s kid. Wow. Po- I don't know if anyone else here remembers Lisa Frank, but Pokemon sweet. and Game Boy there and Nintendo. <laughs> that sums me up as a 90s kid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What else we got? Is that everything? Should we get down into this? I feel like that's everything. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. We, we thanked our patrons. Mm-hmm. We talked about the merch. Mm-hmm. We let everyone know that I have COVID so you can all send me sympathy. 
<laughs> Holy heck. Oh, you're funny. Um, I think that's it. That's all we got to talk about. We're going to go into this case now. You ready for it? Yeah, all I right. very much so am. Let's dive into the case of Swift Runner, the Wendigo psychosis case. Hmm. I know absolutely nothing about any of this, so I'm intrigued. Do you, first off, do you know what a Wendigo is? I have no idea. You have no idea what a is Wendigo is? Is that embarrassing? Is? Should I know what it is? No, not necessarily. It's more of a cryptid sort of thing. Um, so, okay, okay. We'll, we'll get all into it. Let's just start off here. Kay. Okay. So hunger, a natural feeling, you know, puts your body into a basic survival mode. Now, if pushed far enough, it will seek nourishment above all other reason in search of satisfaction. The solution is easy, you know, of course. But what if you can't satisfy your hunger? No matter how you indulge your craving, in fact. What if that craving is that of human flesh? Ugh. The Algonquin indigenous relates this hunger or flesh craving to a spiritual being known as a Wendigo. And their lore does describe a creature as a giant with a heart of ice. Its body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes that cause them to have deep hunger for human flesh. And that is a Wendigo. Don't love it. Don't love that. Don't love it. No, that that's that's. That's a big old nope. Yep. I'll pass. I'll pass. No thanks on the Wendigo. <laughs> pass let's, the salt though, let's please. Let's move on to something else. And the butter. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some gravy down this end of the table. <laughs> okay. So that's that's a Wendigo. Now into this case of uh, Swift Runner. Kakisi Kuchin was born in the province of Alberta, or what would later be called Alberta, and lived in the wild country north of Fort Edmonton. He was more known by his name Swift Runner, and so from here on, I will be referring to him as such. Okay. Uh, he was a large man, six foot three, and as a young Cree man, he received a very useful Cree education. He was a very popular man in the Cree community, and he would become a father of six children. He was mild-tempered and was considered to be very trustworthy. He was also a very considerate husband and very fond of all his children. On top of all these traits, he was a very skilled and very successful hunter and trapper. Skills that would let him, of course, provide food for his family and you know, earn a living with trading furs and goods and that sort of stuff, right? Now, all these qualities made Swift Runner a seriously well-respected and revered man to his people and traders in the Hudson Bay Company alike. So much that he even served as a guide for the Northwest Mounted Police in 1875. And the Northwest Mounted Police would, of course, later on be known as... The RCMP? Yeah, Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Jeez, I didn't know there'd be pop quizzes in here. <laughs> You're passing I better so make sure I pay attention. <laughs> full marks, full marks. He sounds uh, like a good dude. Definitely, mm -hmm. definitely a good dude. Um, but uh, quick side note, uh, even though you have full marks, uh, you might want to come see the teacher after class. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, this in the pre-show that is going up on Patreon, like what's with you? What? I got to run for the hills. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. You know, your husband's <laughs> putting the moves on and you're going to run? Love you too. Oh. 
my goodness. Love you too. Anyways, <laughs> with this topic alone, like it's it's a sh- it's a large shameful topic for Canadian history. Um, oh wow, I jumped ahead. Something here. Okay, so with this topic alone coming up, it's a large shameful topic in Canadian history because Swift Runner would later develop a taste for whiskey. And this topic is something that's still being felt today within Aboriginal communities. Mm -hmm. Extremely unfortunate, but that is where we are at today. Uh, Studies are still being conducted, but we don't think we will ever fully be able to understand the effects of the introduction of alcohol like whiskey um, and what it had on uh, the Indigenous people. Now, alcohol was seen as very profitable for trade. Uh, It was a very profitable trade item in the eyes of European settlers. It was, uh, you know, it's such an abundance. They created addictions and problems for those who were consuming it and who Mm -hmm. were not used to it. Yep. And this was no different in the case of Swift Runner. The more he would drink, the more it would seem to grab hold of him. Building the addiction that would literally only, like basically just swallow him whole uh, because he wasn't himself when he drank. Dang. He would become violent and rage filled. And a burly six foot three man who grew up in the wild is not the kind of person you want to see become violent. No, 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 definitely fucking not. I, I would be shitting my pants. Yeah. No, Let's that's, put it that way. that's scary. Uh now, it is said that Swift Runner didn't turn to whiskey on his own to start with. Uh, he was beginning to become less. Of, it was beginning, beginning to become less of an effective hunter. He would bring back less and less to provide for his family, which is what drove him to his drink of choice, whiskey. However, much of the alcohol in the area was actually being smuggled in under the guise of medicine. So it's not. seriously. Yes. Um, so it's scarcity may have made it even more alluring to individuals mm-hmm. suffering from alcoholism like Swift Runner. Uh, but it was certainly something that was, um, because there was problems with it, it was getting banned in, in areas like that. Uh, but of course they weren't able to keep up with that clearly. That's too bad. I mean, that still happens to this day. Oh, definitely. People are using alcohol and stuff to like cope with cope with issues that Mm -hmm. they're having or not feeling, I don't know, as good about themselves or something that they're doing as they should. Right. And there are um, Aboriginal bands that are trying to uh, take efforts in minimizing the effect, because I know there are areas where um, like on certain reservations, they don't allow alcohol in the premises of of those certain bands and everything. So good Mm -hmm. on them for trying to take those steps. That is awesome. Yeah. Now, soon, though, the violence surrounding Swift Runner, as he continued to drink, uh, ran him out of a job of guiding with the Northwest Mounted Police. The police would send Swift Runner back to his tribe. But instead of finding a safe place where he could, you know, get better, Mm -hmm. uh, he continued to get worse because he just caused troubles for the rest of the Cree. I quote unquote, turned the Cree camps into little hells. Uh, He was actually... And eventually turned away from there as well, leaving little choice but to retreat to the wilderness with his family. So he was himself was turning the Cree camps into little hells? Yes, because of his drinking and rage-filled fits and everything. He was just not doing good for his own community sort of situation. Yeah, it was getting bad. 
It does seem like it's one sometimes one way or the other. Hey, like lots of times you're just like super happy or whatever, but then sometimes it can bring like like evil kind of own people. Oh, which definitely, is really unfortunate. Well, you you know how um, alcohol is known as spirits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a reason they call it spirits because a lot of um, a lot of tribes all over the world, in fact, uh, look at alcohol as a way of like it's an actual spirit possessing your body. So when you drink and you're drunk, that's no longer you. It's a spirit possession. Oh, okay. So that's where the name spirits come from because of that. Interesting. Hmm. Little known fact of the day for you. No kidding. Never heard that before, did you? No, because I kind of thought it was something else. Like I've heard before, not necessarily this is like true or in this case, but that it it brings out your true self sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But then I don't know if I agree with that being his true self. So yeah. Uh, so, anyways, with nowhere to go in the winter of 1878, him, his wife, mother, brother, and six children set out and weren't heard from until the spring when Swift Runner staggered out of the woods and into a nearby Catholic mission. Priests at the mission brought Swift Runner in and asked what had happened, and Swift Runner responded very simply. He told them exactly what had happened. His entire family was dead. What? Yep. During the winter, while he and his family were surviving the cold and the harsh climates, their food supplies ran dangerously low, and their hunting had become less than successful. Oh, no. Eventually, they weren't able to find any food. Slowly but surely, his entire family began withering away, and eventually they all died of starvation out in the cold forest. All except his wife, who he said committed suicide after they lost everyone else. Oh, my gosh. That's rough. Yeah. Could you imagine being in that situation? No, like that? that sounds just like literal hell. Yeah. Literal hell. Yeah. Um, it was a tragic story, clearly, uh, but a story the priests had a hard time believing. Okay. Why is that? Well, Swift Runner was a large burly man when he first left with his family and Weighing in around 200 pounds as he emerged, he certainly didn't seem like starvation was something he had struggled with. In fact, he looked pretty healthy. Okay, I just have a terrible feeling about this. Oh, and what's that? I don't want to say. You don't want to (laughs) say? I'm just going to keep thinking positively here. Just keep positive thoughts. Yep. Positive thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Everything is just positive thoughts okay. in my brain right okay. now. Okay. Keep those positive thoughts flowing because uh, you, you're going to need them. So if the story of a harsh winter and lack of food supply killed basically everyone, then why was he not affected? Why hadn't he succumbed to starvation? Not to mention that there's plenty of other indigenous individuals in the area that you know, we're emerging in the spring and everything, who had a rather successful winter. No problems hunting or trapping. The food sources were clearly there for everyone else. So why was he having trouble hunt, hunting? Why were they lacking food? Why did they starve? This wasn't the only strange thing that seemed to be going on. As Swift Runner was staying in the mission, he had consistent nightmares and would wake up screaming at the top of his lungs in the middle of the night. Oh, my now, goodness. I can't imagine how terrifying that would be uh, to wake up in the middle of the night to hear some dude just fucking oh, screaming. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would shit myself. Yeah, I would like, be done. running again. Yeah, nope, I'm out. Yeah. I, I'm going to go sleep in the bush. That's like, terrible. Well, you'd think someone was like intruding or something oh, was fuck wrong. Yeah. yeah. That's not normal sounds. No kidding. <laughs> uh, so the fucking terrifyingness of that situation aside, the final straw that broke the camel's back when Swift was when Swift Runner tried to lead a group of children into the woods with him. Holy heck. Something was clearly up. And convinced that his family didn't actually starve and that he killed his family instead, priests went to authorities. He was quickly put under arrest in regards to his missing family members, and the police wanted to see for themselves where he had stayed for the winter and investigate what happened to his family. So they ordered him to lead him to the site they stayed, where they lived during the winter. Don't do it. It's not going to be a good scene. No. What do you think? What are you expecting us to come across at this scene? Let's hear it. I want to know. Well, actually, I think that there's probably going to be nothing there. Because I think he probably hid things. Or maybe there'd be bones. I feel like like he probably ate his family. I hate saying that. Thanks for making me say that. But that's what I think happened. You think he ate his family, hey? Yeah. Well, isn't that kind of what you said at the beginning-ish? Well, that's what a did Wendigo. I make, did I make that up? I was talking about a Wendigo. Yeah, so I think that, he, well, and the fact that, like, if everyone starved to death, but he still looked like he had eaten all winter, that just doesn't add up. That's that doesn't a, make any sense. Yeah, that's a big old red flag right yeah, there. Yeah, because if he's surviving and, like, has weight on and stuff, then why on earth was his family not, right? Yeah. So this is not a good thing. This is not a good scene. 100%. You're definitely on the right track. Let's put it that way. Right on. So at this point, though, there is there is a couple discrepancies in the story that uh, cannot be confirmed. Uh, some sources say that Swift Runner took police directly to the site, while others say that he kept trying to mislead them off the trail, uh, but finally cooperated after becoming inebriated uh, with whiskey. Um, but the facts do tell us for sure that they got there eventually. They got to the winter site. Um, and the story is Swift, what Swift Runner told uh, were, were clearly not true. Because the findings were nothing short of terrifying. Okay, so it was things weren't hidden and stuff. Oh, and were they using whiskey to get him to take that them where they wanted? Uh, who knows? Potentially. Oh, I don't love that. Yeah, me either. But um, at least they got there. That's that's all we do know. That, mm-hmm. like I said, there's discrepancies in that part of the story. There's no confirming if that was the case, but uh, it it may have been. Okay, well, are you going to describe this scene to us? Well, when they arrived to the scene, they found remnants of like, you know, campfire, that sort of stuff. You know, people staying there. Okay. Um, But they also found bones scattered everywhere. Human bones scattered everywhere. Some were broken in half, in fact, and hollowed out, which could only mean one thing. They were being snapped open and someone was sucking out the marrow from the inside. No. Yes. Wow. Gross. They found the skull of Swift Runner's mother with a small moccasin stuffed inside her skull. It had still it still had the beating needle attached to it and sticking out of the unfinished work. Oh, my goodness. This is exactly what I didn't want to happen here. That's exactly what is happening here, though. What you just expected, like 
to go into the woods and find Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, just baking apple sure. pies? That's literally how my brain works. And I have no idea sometimes why I'm doing this. <laughs> and that I still have that mindset in my brain. It's really weird. Maybe another hundred episodes it will change. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll discuss that when we get there. <laughs> Our next anniversary. We'll see how it still is. <laughs> You'll probably still be expecting Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> they came upon Sleeping Beauty, right? Prince Charming. That's not a terrible thing. No, definitely not. It's it's just uh weird not, not the world we live in unfortunately i know uh so clearly their suspicions of a murder and b cannibalism uh were true but they were 100 confirmed the moment they discovered a pot full of rendered human fat okay yeah this is probably where why we need to film our episodes sometimes because like the reactions the reactions like you don't even know what the hell to say but it's like your face says it all Ugh. yeah that's fair um so this is the moment that swift runner revealed what he said really happened it was the wendigo apparently here he started breaking down and he told them uh he had been possessed by the evil spirit and he was forced to kill and feast upon his own family. Dang. Yeah. Now, like I understand it's, it's, it's clearly not hard to look at someone and be like, yeah, I'm not taking this seriously. You were possessed and they made you kill your family. Really buddy? Like I, I totally get that. Um, so killing yeah, your whole people, family, people wouldn't believe that. Probably. Yeah. No, like killing your whole family and blaming it on a spirit. Like that sounds like a cop out. Uh, it, it clearly wasn't going to get him off the hook. Let's put it that, let, let's just put it that way. Uh, it sounds so, like someone with a mental illness. It, it potentially very much could. Yeah. Um, now he quickly was taken to trial in 1879 and he was tried for murder and cannibalism. The jury included three English speaking mixed Crees. Four men who were well up on their Cree language and a Cree man who translated the proceedings. A leading Cree English scholar was also brought in to observe the trial and ensure Swift Runner was being made aware of what was happening, and what was being said. They they took every correct step to ensure that there were no language barriers, which mm. I completely want to That's applaud good. them for that. That's super good, actually. I Because I highly expected in a situation like this to just like throw to the wolves. You know, mm -hmm. and just like, oh, trial um, for the purpose of just making this guy guilty. But, well, it was a long time ago, too. Oh, exactly. In 1880. Yeah. And so. they ensured that this individual, like, hmm. was taken care of in the trial. That's impressive, actually. Yeah. I, I was very impressed with that. So that's really good. I really wish you would have not said the bone marrow thing because it's making me, like, feel like I'm going to... Like that is just too much. I can't. It's all that's going through my brain right now. Yeah, it was. Uh, I took a sip of my nasty. tea and I almost felt like I was gonna <laughs> vom. Not uh, be able to swallow that. Huh. It's just tea. It's not liquefied bone oh, marrow. Okay. Warm, Sorry. Let's carry on here. I just warm, can't get liquefied the oh. bone marrow in your cup. <laughs> it's not that. Don't worry. It's not that. Oh, it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> okay. That I'm going to leave you alone with that. I'm not going to poke you too much. Um, now, during the trial, Swift Runner sat calmly throughout 
the testimony of witnesses and the remaining of the trial. Uh, the, now, the, the testimonies were individuals who talked about how they saw the family before they left and went into the woods. Mm -hmm. They described the family being in perfect health, you know, before Swift Runner came out and said that they were all dead and starved. Right. Okay. Uh, then it was his turn. Uh, his defense told the tale of the Wendigo spirit, the spirit being that, you know, it terrorized people for years and years in, in the past of his uh, his people, giving the unlucky ones the uncontrollable craving for human flesh. And it was the Wendigo that took over him and forced him to perform said horrendous acts on his family. But unfortunately, there was no evidence present at his defense like like after all like how do you even if it's undoubted that these spirits exist 100 percent fact mm -hmm. okay just for the sake of conversation how do you prove the presence of a spirit or something like possession i really don't think you can at least not with our knowledge today on spiritual and technology and all this sort of like we have no way of approving it well yeah i don't think that you could pr approve it in a court and okay so was that a known thing of wendigo was that like a known thing to people uh in in like their tribes and stuff it was definitely a, like a, a tale a spirit uh, okay something that they had in lore and legend um but not so much like oh the the european settlers and stuff they just inherently know what a wendigo is okay. no um it, it definitely came from from like their the tribes people okay and everything. okay so when it was finally swift runners turn to speak at his trial he was asked if he wanted to say anything in his own defense and he responded with one short simple reply he stood up he addressed the court and he said i did it and that's it what the? It just seems like I can't believe what happened. Like you, the way that you introduced him at the beginning to how he is now. I'm just, I just, yeah, I don't get it. Well, that's the interesting thing. That's like, would someone of clear sound mind, as far as we can tell, and in good proceedings with the community and everything and who he is, do something like that on his own? Or would he do it under the influence of a spirit? But then even him just standing up and saying, I did it. Like, where's the remorse? And then I'm also curious if when they were in the woods and stuff, did they have access to alcohol? That's a good question. I don't know. Because, I mean, like when you're intoxicated, you a lot of weird shit can happen yeah. in your I'm, brain. I'm going to assume now this is just me assuming, but I'm going to assume that Swift Runner would have taken whiskey with him. Yes. Okay, because I was going to assume that there wasn't much, but I have no idea. I don't know how much or what. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I'm going to assume that he did take some with him. Hmm. Now, after only 20 minutes on trial, Swift Runner was found guilty. And after 20 minutes of deliberation, they sentenced him to death. Yikes. So on December 20th in 1879, Canada would make a mark in history for its first ever official hanging by the northwest mounted police that was the first one this was the first ever legal hanging wow that took place in canada wow okay yeah so over 60 citizens gathered and bared witness to a large man who we know as swift runner mm -hmm. he was led to his final moments at the 
in the swirling snow and the winds of the cold. In his final moments of preparation, Swift Runner is said to have offered to perform the execution himself if they simply gave him a tomahawk. Um, I can't confirm or deny that, but those are stories that I have read. But they didn't give in to him, though. Uh, instead, he was led to the scaffold that was built specially for his execution. Oh, my gosh. There waited the hangman. He was an army pensioner who was paid $50 to serve the role. Is that that would have been a lot, probably. It would have been a good good chunk of change, yeah. Yeah. Swift Runner had a rope draped over his head, and then it was cinched tight around his neck. Then moments later, he was dropped off the gallows, and as he fell, the rope tightened, and the sound of a neck breaking would oh. have been heard as he was left to dangle. Man, this is heartbreaking. You good? Yeah, I'm good. I just like feel so sad for this whole story. It's really mm -hmm. quite sad. It it definitely is. I think the worst part about it is there's so much unknown. We don't know. Was was there influence on a spirit called Wendigo? Is that true? Was he an innocent man who was just taken possession of and taken advantage of? Or was the spirit of a Wendigo the literal spirit of whiskey and he was taken advantage of by the the local european settlers are mm -hmm. quote-unquote the white man the wendigo in this situation or was he really suffering from mental illness or was oh, he so many options there's so many there's so many was he suffering from a complex of losing his hunting abilities or was he really just a bad individual? We don't know. Yeah. I'm going to say it's the the whiskey or... Um, oh, I lost the other one. Um, mental illness, sorry. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's so hard. I. But that's probably so terrible. I mean, not that I don't believe in spirits, but it's hard. like, yeah, how do you prove that? How it's just his yeah. word, really, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So... Anyways, the death sentence was, uh, like I said, the first legal hanging uh, in Canada. Now, Swift Runner declined to spend the night before his execution with a priest, an act that was surely meant to uh, give him time to repent and confess. However, Swift Runner declined and responded by saying, the white man has ruined me. I don't think their God could amount to much. Wow. That's brutal, hey? That's very brutal. Yeah, that actually shows some remorse right there. I think he realizes, like, what happened. I think that it was probably the alcohol. I think so, too. But, brutal. But I'm not, like, I don't want to rule out something like the Wendigo. No. Because. You can't. You can't. The thought of, okay, I'm going to get a little bit like weird here. Um, you know what dimensions are, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we currently live in a three-dimensional world. Okay? okay. 3D. Yep. Yep. There's potentially more dimensions around us that we can't view. And right. it's, it's really hard to explain. It's a little bit of a lengthy process. But long story short, there could potentially be a fourth dimension that we live in. We just can't perceive it. Our senses that we have as humans can't perceive it. 
Um, some people say that's why, you know, your dog and cat looks in the corner real weird. <laughs> oh, man. Because they can see something that we can't. Something right. that could be. Or even children. Dimension. Sometimes they think, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So who's to say that there isn't a being called a Wendigo in said fourth dimension that we just simply can't perceive? Yeah, it could be. Totally. I just, my thought is like, if there wasn't, if say up until this shit happened, his character was how you described at the very beginning. Yeah. And that alcohol wasn't in play or in factor at all. Then I would think that the Wendigo thing is like, yeah, like way more believable for some reason in my mind. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. Uh, so on topic of the Wendigo, uh, it's actually called Wendigo psychosis. Uh, Mm. clinically okay uh, it's considered an endemic psychiatric disorder associated with culture it manifests through compulsion strong attacks of cannibalist cannibalistic behavior and it mainly concerns the algonquin cree tribes and people having living in the northern obiwa uh ojibwa ojibwa there we go i really slaughtered saying that sorry ojibwa area um there are Many other stories involving Wendigos and Wendigo psychosis, telling tales of people who have turned to cannibalism and some who have managed to avoid it, but telling their story of the visions and the dreams revolving around the compulsions of consuming human flesh. Hmm. Uh, quite literally, like you dive into these tales, it's skin crawling. There was one I was reading. Um, I didn't write anything down about it because I didn't want to get into a bunch of other stories, uh, but there was one I was reading on uh, a woman who was... Uh, talking about some dreams she was having of her brother um, who I believe who had passed away but her brother was had come back and he was trying to serve her human flesh like night after night in her huh. dreams yeah I mean I'm going back and forth a little bit because honestly like alcohol or not like that's pretty fucked up to like eat your family oh yeah that's so, fucked up I don't know I don't know he done did do a bad thing. We're not saying that. Yeah. That he didn't. Oh, no. We know that. It's yeah. just like, yeah, maybe this is really, yeah. Um, there is one final thing I want to add to Swift Runner's story. Uh, again, this is another thing that I can't, con I couldn't confirm uh, in my research. Uh, but some say that he originally got his taste for human flesh when he was out hunting one winter with another hunter. Uh, the details, again, tend to be very, you know, up for debate. Uh, but for whatever reason, they ran out of food and in the cold climates, they needed to survive. And so Swift Runner turned to him and ate him to stay alive. And that's where he began, uh, the Wendigo psychosis. Hmm. And then from there moved on to his family. Maybe it tastes real good. Just like chicken. Apparently, Is that what they say? No, I have no idea. I think it's, um, closer to the lines of pork. I think <sighs> there's actual there's um there's human flesh. Uh, what is it? Synthesized human flesh that you can try, actually. Oh, right. I have heard this. Yeah. I think we talked about it on another I episode. I don't even know. Like, yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. And then we talked about, oh, hell, we should have eaten crocodile or alligator. <laughs> we should have. It would have been <laughs> You should have. I freaking told you to. But I wanted to eat it with you. Oh, my goodness. One day. Okay. Next time I will. <laughs> But that is the tale of Swift Runner and, like I say, Wendigo psychosis. Hmm. It's a rabbit hole to get going down. A Swift Runner story is fairly cut and dry. 
Um, but again, once you get to the stories of the Wendigo or the alcohol, that's where a lot of if, ends, or buts and opinions come in. So it's major rabbit holes from there. Oh, but, I could imagine. Uh, and as for today, the Wendigo itself has turned into much more of a cryptid, kind of like along the lines of Bigfoot. People talk about sightings of this uh, very skeletal deer-like creature with no lips and like skull for a head and dripping blood. And it's been turned into this depiction of a monster sort of thing. Oh, really? Like there's actually people that say they've spotted it. I mean, it's there's no one with proof or anything like that. It's more of a in the last couple decades, tales and stories and probably Internet getting hmm. a hold of it, you know? Interesting. So. Well, yeah, and they're describing as like a terrible beast, really. Yeah, they are. But, well, if the Wendigo does exist, it does sound like it, uh, regardless of the new depictions, it does sound like a terrible, terrible being. So that's true. Very true. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Wow. That was. Um, that was a different one to research. Yeah, that was interesting. That was very interesting. Well done. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad I got uh, a couple of spine crawls out of you. Mm -hmm. I, ha I don't think I've taken a sip of my tea since, so <laughs> since? there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you guys want to find us on our social medias, of course, they're all down below. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook. We even got a YouTube, which you post to once in a while, um, and Patreon, where you can get a lot of behind the scenes content. And yeah, you can go support us, buy some merch over on Redbubble. All those links are down below. You can find it there. We appreciate you guys for listening. And of course, as always, stay wicked. Mm -hmm.